when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches laugh large in the Stately clump bug bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Nicholson Baker. Martin Cunningham first poked his silk-hatted head into the creaking carriage and entering deftly seated himself. Mr. Power stepped in after him, curving his height with care. Come on, Simon. After you, Mr. Bloom said. Mr. Dedalus covered himself quickly and got in, saying, Yes, yes. Are we all here now? Martin Cunningham asked. Come along, Bloom. Mr. Bloom entered and sat in the vacant place. He pulled the door to after him and slammed it tight till it shut tight. He passed an arm through the arm strap and looked seriously from the open carriage window at the lowered blinds of the avenue. One dragged aside, an old woman peeping, nose white flattened against the pane. Thanking her stars, she was passed over. Extraordinary, the interest they take in a corpse. Glad to see us go. We give them such trouble coming. Job seems to suit them. Hugger-mugger in corners. Slop about in slipper-slappers for fear he'd wake. Then, getting it ready, laying it out. Molly and Mrs. Fleming making the bed. Pull it more to your side. Our winding sheet. Never know who will touch you dead. Wash and shampoo. I believe they clip the nails and the hair. Keep a bit in an envelope. Grow all the same after. Unclean job. All waited. Nothing was said. Stowing in the wreaths, probably. I am sitting on something hard. Ah, that soap in my hip pocket. Better shift it out of that. Wait for an opportunity. All waited. Then wheels were heard from in front, turning, then nearer, then horses' hoofs. A jolt. Their carriage began to move, creaking and swaying. Other hoofs and creaking wheels started behind. The blinds of the avenue passed, and number nine, with its crepe knocker, door ajar, at walking pace. They waited still, their knees jogging, till they had turned and were passing along the tram tracks. Tritonville Road. Quicker. The wheels rattled rolling over the cobbled causeway, and the crazy glasses shook, rattling in the door frames. What way is he taking us? Mr. Power asked through both windows. Irish Town, Martin Cunningham said. Rings End, Brunswick Street. Mr. Dedalus nodded, looking out. That's a fine old custom, he said. I am glad to see it has not died out. All watched a while through their windows, caps and hats lifted by passers. Respect. The carriage swerved from the tram track to the smoother road, past Watery Lane. 
Mr. Bloom at gaze saw a lithe young man, clad in mourning, a wide hat. There's a friend of yours gone by, Daedalus, he said. Who's that? Your son and heir. Where is he? Mr. Daedalus said, stretching over a cross. The carriage, passing the open drains and mounds of ripped-up roadway before the tenement houses, lurched round the corner and, swerving back to the tram track, rolled on noisily with chattering wheels. Mr. Daedalus fell back, saying, Was that mulligan cad with him, his fetus acates? No, Mr. Bloom said. He was alone. Down with his Aunt Sally, I suppose, Mr. Daedalus said. The Golding Faction, the drunken little cost drawer and Chrissy, Papa's little lump of dung, the wise child that knows her own father. Mr. Bloom smiled joylessly on Ring's End Road. Wallace Brothers, the Bottle Works, Daughter Bridge. Richie Golding and the Legal Bag, Golding, Collison Ward, he calls the firm. His jokes are getting a bit damp. Great card he was, waltzing in Stammer Street with Ignatius Gallagher on a Sunday morning, the landlady's two hats pinned on his head, out on the rampage all night, beginning to tell on him now, that backache of his, I fear, wife ironing his back, thinks he'll cure it with pills, all breadcrumbs they are, about 600% profit. He's in with a low-down crowd, Mr. Daedalus snarled. That mulligan is a contaminated, bloody, double-dyed ruffian by all accounts. His name stinks all over Dublin. But with the help of God and his blessed mother, I'll make it my business to write a letter one of those days to his mother or his aunt or whatever she is that will open her eye as wide as a gate. I'll tickle his catastrophe, believe you me he cried above the clatter of the wheels. I won't have her bastard of a nephew ruin my son, a counter-jumper's son, selling tapes in my cousin, Peter Palm Swiney's? Not likely. He ceased. Mr. Bloom glanced from his angry mustache to Mr. Power's mild face and Martin Cunningham's eyes and beard, gravely shaking. Noisy, self-willed man, full of his son, He's right. Something to hand on. If little Rudy had lived, see him grow up, hear his voice in the house, walking beside Molly in an Eton suit, my son, me in his eyes. Strange feeling it would be for me. Just a chance. Must have been that morning in Raymond Terrace she was at the window, watching the two dogs at it by the wall of the ceased to do evil, and the sergeant grinning up. She had that cream gown on with the rip she never stitched. Give us a touch, Poldy. God, I'm dying for it. How life begins. Got big then, had to refuse the Greystones concert. My son, inside her. I could have helped him on in life. I could make him independent. Learn German, too. Are we late? Mr. Power asked. Ten minutes, Martin Cunningham said, looking at his watch. Molly, Millie, same thing watered down. Her tomboy oaths. Oh, jumping Jupiter, 
ye gods and little fishes. Still, she's a dear girl, soon to be a woman. Mullingar, dearest Popley, young student. Yes, yes, a woman too. Life, life. The carriage heeled over and back, their four trunks swaying. Corny might have given us a more commodious yoke, Mr. Power said. He might, Mr. Dedalus said, if he hadn't that squint troubling him. Do you follow me? He closed his left eye. Martin Cunningham began to brush away crust crumbs from under his thighs. What is this, he said. In the name of God, crumbs? Someone seems to have been making a picnic party here lately, Mr. Power said. All raised their thighs, eyed with disfavor the mildewed, buttonless leather of the seats. Mr. Dedalus, twisting his nose, frowned downward and said, Unless I'm greatly mistaken, what do you think, Martin? It struck me, too, Martin Cunningham said. Mr. Bloom set his thigh down. Glad I took that bath. Feel my feet quite clean. But I wish Mrs. Fleming had darned these socks better. Mr. Dedalus sighed resignedly. After all, he said, it's the most natural thing in the world. Did Tom Kernan turn up? Martin Cunningham asked, twirling the peak of his beard gently. Yes, Mr. Bloom answered. He's behind with Ned Lambert and Hines. And Corny Kelleher himself? Mr. Power asked. At the cemetery, Martin Cunningham said. I met McCoy this morning, Mr. Bloom said. He said he'd try to come. The carriage halted short. What's wrong? We're stopped. Where are we? Mr. Bloom put his head out of the window. The Grand Canal, he said. Gas works. Whooping cough, they say it cures. Good job Millie never got it. Poor children. Doubles them up black and blue in convulsions. Shame, really. Got off lightly with illness compared. Only measles. Flaxseed tea. Scarlatina. Influenza epidemics. Canvassing for death. Don't miss this chance. Dog's home over there. Poor old Athos. Be good to Athos, Leopold, is my last wish. Thy will be done. We obey them in the grave. A dying scrawl. He took it to heart. Pined away. Quiet brute. Old men's dogs usually are. A raindrop spat on his hat. He drew back and saw an instant of shower spray dots over the gray flags. Apart. Curious. Like through a colander. I thought it would... My boots were creaking, I remember now. The weather is changing, he said quietly. A pity it did not keep up fine, Martin Cunningham said. Wanted for the country, Mr. Power said. There's the sun again, coming out. Mr. Dedalus, peering through his glasses towards the veiled sun, hurled a mute curse at the sky. It's as uncertain as a child's bottom, he said. We're off again. The carriage turned again its stiff wheels, and their trunks swayed gently. Martin Cunningham twirled more quickly the peak of his beard. Tom Kernan was immense last night, he said, 
and Paddy Leonard taking him off to his face. Oh, draw him out, Martin, Mr. Power said eagerly. Wait till you hear him, Simon, on Ben Dollard singing of the Croppy Boy. Immense, Martin Cunningham said pompously. His singing of that simple ballad, Martin, is the most trenchant rendering I ever heard in the whole course of my experience. Trenchant, Mr. Power said, laughing. He's dead nuts on that, and the retrospective arrangement. Did you read Dan Dawson's speech, Martin Cunningham asked. I did not then, Mr. Dedalus said. Where is it? In the paper this morning. Mr. Bloom took the paper from his inside pocket. That book I must change for her. No, no, Mr. Dedalus said quickly. Later on, please. Mr. Bloom's glance traveled down the edge of the paper, scanning the deaths. Callan, Coleman, Dignam, Fawcett, Lowry, Nauman, Peak. What peak is that? Is it the chap was in Crosby and Allen's? No, Sexton. Erbright. Inked characters, fast fading on the frayed, breaking paper. Thanks to the little flower, sadly missed, to the inexpressible grief of his aged 88 after a long and tedious illness. Months mind, Quinlan, on whose soul sweet Jesus have mercy. It is now a month since dear Henry fled to his home up above in the sky, while his family weeps and mourns his loss, hoping some day to meet him on high. I tore up the envelope? Yes. Where did I put her letter after I read it in the bath? He patted his waistcoat pocket. There, all right. Dear Henry fled, before my patients are exhausted. National School, Meads Yard, The Hazard. Only two there now, nodding, full as a tick, too much bone in their skulls, the other trotting round with a fair. An hour ago I was passing there. The Jarvies raised their hats. A pointsman's back straightened itself upright suddenly against a tramway standard by Mr. Bloom's window. Couldn't they invent something automatic so that the wheel itself, much handier? Well, but that fellow would lose his job then. Well, but then another fellow would get a job making the new invention? Ancient concert rooms. Nothing on there. A man in a buff suit with a crepe armlet. Not much grief there. Quarter morning. People in law, perhaps. They went past the bleak pulpit of St. Mark's, under the railway bridge, past the Queen's Theater, in silence. Hoardings. Eugene Stratton. Mrs. Banman Palmer. Could I go see Leah tonight, I wonder? I said I... Or the Lily of Killarney. Elster Grimes Opera Company. Big, powerful change. Wet, bright bills for next week. Fun on the Bristol. Martin Cunningham could work a pass for the gaiety. Have to stand a drink or two. As broad as it's long. He's coming in the afternoon. Her songs. Playstows. Sir Philip Crampton's memorial fountain bust. 
Who was he? How do you do, Martin Cunningham said, raising his palm to his brow in salute. He doesn't see us, Mr. Power said. Yes, he does. How do you do? Who, Mr. Dedalus asked. Blazes boiling, Mr. Power said. There he is, airing his quiff. Just that moment, I was thinking. Mr. Dedalus bent across to salute. From the door of the red bank, the white disk of a straw hat flashed reply. Passed. Mr. Bloom reviewed the nails of his left hand, then those of his right hand. The nails, yes. Is there anything more in him that they... She sees? Fascination. Worst man in Dublin. That keeps him alive. They sometimes feel what a person is. Instinct. But a type like that. My nails. I'm just looking at them. Well paired. And after, thinking alone. Body getting a bit softy. I would notice that from remembering. What causes that? I suppose the skin can't contract quickly enough when the flesh falls off. But the shape is there. The shape is there still. Shoulders, hips, plump. Night of the dance, dressing, shift stuck between the cheeks behind. He clasped his hands between his knees and satisfied sent his vacant glance over their faces. Mr. Power asked, How's the concert tour getting on, Bloom? Oh, very well, Mr. Bloom said. I hear great accounts of it. It's a good idea, you see. Are you going yourself? Well, no, Mr. Bloom said. In point of fact, I have to go down to the county Clare on some private business. You see, the idea is to tour the chief towns. What you lose on one, you can make up on the other. Quite so, Martin Cunningham said. Mary Anderson is up there now. Have you good artists? Louise Werner is touring her, Mr. Bloom said. Oh, yes, we'll have all top knobbers, J.C. Doyle and John McCormick, I hope, and the best, in fact. And Madame, Mr. Powers said, smiling, last but not least, 